You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Hello, Sid Talk. Hello, not Sid Talk. Hello, listeners. All Hello. seven of you? Yeah. Are there seven? Are there oh. more than seven? Yeah, more than seven. Excellent. Well, hello to each so. and every one of you. We do. Um, I was looking at my stat. The stats. Is this the before the after the show discussion? No. What we were doing was messing with, as we like to call her, the A word, which is also the E word from the Amazon. So. And I was looking at the stats for where people listen to the podcast from in the countries. And we have a lot of listeners in Iraq for some reason. Like more, like a big up. You know. Doesn't that also mean, like, servers kind of go through all different places as well? No, it's just which country it's downloaded from, isn't it? I know, but you also, things all go through all different kinds of servers. So, hello to all our Iraqi listeners. I wouldn't trust it 100%, but also could be, like, soldiers. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying just people, you know, not people who live there, people who are there. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was our before the after the show discussion. It was not. <laughs> Well, it was actually about the A word. Correct. Which <laughs> if you d- don't know what we mean, <laughs> you just have to know the Amazon word. Yeah. Um, we would play. We have one in the corner over A-L-E-X-A. there. A L E X A. We have an echo dot over there on in this room. So we were just asking it to tell us jokes and uh, asking it some questions. She almost never fails. Almost never. Almost. Um, so, uh, this is Saturday, November the 18th. This is after the show. We're a movie podcast. We review a movie every week. This is number 506, and the movie we're looking at this week is Wind River. It's a 2017 movie. releases on Blu-ray on November the 14th, so you can pick this one up now. It's rated R, and it's from our friends at Lionsgate, who sent it over for review. And Sid Talk will give you the short synopsis of Wind River. Um, it's a murder mystery... In a very cold place involving a Native American reservation and bleakness. As hilarity ensues. <laughs> it's not hilarious. It's very serious, <laughs> which is awesome. We, I love it. I won't speak for you, but it's, a, it's that. It's a murder mystery of sorts, a crime being solved, and it's very cold. It makes you cold to watch it. It's all snowy all the time. All right, so let's move on to our review of Wind River. Um, this movie, well, what was our favorite movie last year? Ours collectively? I think we both came up with the same favorite movie, didn't we? Hello, High Water? Yes. Okay. Um, Hello, High Water. Now, this movie is from the writer of Hello, High Water, and he also directed this movie. So it's his, you know, directing and writing. Um, so... Knowing that, I had some high expectations. And I was pleasantly surprised that I was not let down. In fact, I have to say this is one of my favorite movies of this year. What about you? Definitely. It's a, it's a, it's 
Now, to be fair, we like, I, again, I don't want to speak for you. We like all kinds of movies. So well, we watched be like, Cars 3 last week. Yes, and loved it. And, you know, I can also watch goofy shit that is completely mindless. I love really bad zombie movies. I love bad horror movies. Bad as in not well made or constructed or written anything. You know, it can be a weird combination. And then you go to the other end of the spectrum. And there are movies that just grab your guts from the inside and make you feel really human and really upset about being human and glad about being human and confused about being human. You know, the plight of humanity and the choices we make, all that. It all gets all wrapped up in this deep swirl of like, I'm watching a fictional story play out in front of me, cinema, and yet it is cutting to my quick the things that come up and the way that it's performed and the, and this is one of those movies. And so I like the full spectrum. Yeah. So this, um, director. Wasn't that really deep what I just said? That was really good. This director, Taylor Sheridan. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> has, um, he looks at, well, I didn't know this until today when he said on the extras that he actually lived around a, um, in he lived the, in the territory of where yeah, a reservation would be. A yeah. reservation was. And um, he also covered that a little bit in uh, Hello High Water. Was the sheriff guy, remember, the, his partner was an Indian mm-hmm. guy. Um, Native American. Yes. is that? Am I saying it incorrectly? I think Native American is the appropriate choice. Yes. Oh. Is, is what I'm saying racist? I'm not sure if it's considered a racist, but it's not accurate because the reason that the people who were here originally were called Indians were because the explorers thought they made it to India, and so then they called them that. Well, they were wrong about that, and they also just dismissed who they really were and just called them that, and so we've always called them them as if they're, I mean. No different to you and me. Right. So I don't think it just is inaccurate and it is, you know, I don't know if it's pejorative at this point, but I think Native American makes sense because they were the natives to what is now the Americas. I know they're just people. Well, they've always been just people. I mean, they're just Americans. Yes, of course. Of course. Everyone has a heritage and yet, you know, we're all divided. That's pretty deep too. But yeah, Native American, I think, would be more appropriate. So while this movie has like a... um you know, it's a murder mystery type thing. It's also a social commentary. Um, like Hello, High Water it was a heist movie with a social commentary in the background also. And the commentary in that movie was about, like, the economic decline of America in certain areas and how it kind of messes with the local community, hmm. turns the place, turns it into, like, a ghost town kind of thing. This one's um, about... Really about like jurisdiction uh, on Native American, uh, what do you call the place? Reservations. Reservations. How almost like. It's almost like they don't matter. Yeah, exactly. Oh, the the police, when they hear a report about. Well, the problem is, you see, a reservation is not considered, it's not a state, it's not. It's federal land, but it does, it isn't under the same jurisdiction as any other local authority other than their own. That's why they're, it's like a you get your own country within a country. That's exactly like... But you're not really. It's just sort of this... It's sort of an insult in a way, but that's, yeah, that's the idea of the reservation. So some spoilers uh, from this point out. 
because there's a lot to talk about in this movie. So uh, go and see it. Come back. <laughs> um, you'll. Kn- I will guarantee. Well, we're saying go and see it because Definitely. we both love it. So I wouldn't recommend to everybody though. I think that's unfair because there are people who would find it boring and relentlessly kind of sad, and a lot of people can't cope with that. But if you just like feeling those things, confronting yeah. a few kind of dark things, then, you know, it's... I feel like a very uh, well-crafted... Um, very well-crafted. Drama slash... Uh, it's actually got quite a bit of action in it, too. Type of movie. Yeah. Um, you'll... you'll I th- but it's I think not you'll like, you know... It's definitely no. the first movie of this year. Well, one of the movies of this year where I, where I was immediately like, this has to be up for some awards because the quality is all the way through it. Everything about it, you know, there's nothing in it I can complain about. No, exactly. So that's where I was like, ooh, this has to definitely come up in the awards. <laughs> so um, this movie starts with there's been, a, you know, there's a, they find a body, a murder. And one of the interesting things I found was when they take the body to have it examined for the FBI... Uh, autopsy. There's that jurisdiction thing that comes up mm-hmm. about the FBI lady is saying to the autopsy guy, "Just say it was a murder, and then we can get all this sorted out." The FBI. She's not just saying that like frivolously. No, Everyone I mean she's saying it's a murder. She's saying it's a murder, and he's saying I can't really put it down as a murder because. But the the issue there was the FBI will only get involved if it's saying. a homicide. Yeah. Yeah. So but to say it's not a murder on the death certificate isn't an issue for local police. But no. then the local police is the issue because there's not very many of them. They're not fully trained. You know, you're kind of left in the in the thing. Now, as a as a end note, because we watched the whole movie, you're you're sort of just absorbing the story. But the very last slide of the show says, I mean, it's like a added on thing that Native American women I'm I presume I assume that they meant on reservations that the there are national statistics on missing persons like everywhere except on reservations so there's no known number or way of keeping track of missing women so there's no way to know how many there are so that implied to me that someone along the line like this guy who did all this research must have found some scary t- statistics or talk to people about it and them going like, yeah, these women are missing, but no one ever looks for them. So I thought that was really fascinating after the fact to well, make it an even more like, wow, they just sort of get abandoned, essentially. What it says here uh, on the trivia on IMDb, I was just reading, it said, uh, during the course of the shoot, writer-director Taylor Sheridan was visited on set by some tribal leaders who astonished him with the revelation that at that very time, there were 12 unsolved murders of young women on their reservation of 6,000 people. Due to the 1978 landmark government ruling, the Supreme Court stripped tribes of the right to arrest and prosecute non-Indians who commit crimes on Indian land. If neither victim nor perpetrator are Indian, a county or state officer must make the arrest. If the perpetrator is non-Indian and a victim and the victim an enrolled member, only a federally certified agent has the right. This quagmire creates a jurisdictional nightmare, a jurisdictional nightmare by choking up the legal processes on reservations to such a degree that many criminals go unpunished indefinitely. Wow. So 
that thing at the end there is is exactly what you know. So it's like they turned it on their head and said, "Look, if you want to be autonomous, then we can't prosecute people." Just like as if they had been a criminal who came from Canada. It's almost like you have to be extradited and the country that you flee to has to be involved in the criminal proceedings and they're saying, nope, we're not going to do it. So that's that's really scary. So, and that's what this movie kind of hinges all around, around... A desperation to figure out who actually did it and get some justice. Yeah, and, you know, if in this instance, because uh, Jeremy Renner's a police hunter is that what he is no he works for fish and game but it has police uh, service on the side of his um skidoo but he does work for fish and game but um, on, on the side of his skidoo I it says county police no the one he's on at the beginning when he's when he's just hunting it actually says police service on it hmm i was that was that was where i was unclear about exactly what cuz i don't know it is he works for fish and game like mm-hmm. so he's the guy who's He's Conservation in, department, kind of, yeah. Yeah, he's in the snow, and uh, the very first scene uh, shows you what he does, really. There's some sheep in danger by some coyotes, and he kills all the coyotes, right, to keep the sheep from... Right. So, but he is a, he is a friend of the the father of the girl who gets killed, so he has a reason to seek this out. But what they're saying, what they're saying in this movie is, a lot of these have no reason. Nobody will ever get on that case. So, frozen girl who shows right, up, right? Because if someone comes to the reservation, murders somebody, and then leaves, then they're saying that we won't prosecute the person who doesn't live on the reservation. Which is like, it's crazy. Yeah, it's really crazy. So, this murder is, um, it's kind of, it's gruesome a little bit. Mm-hmm. Kind of. And it's also kind of... I mean, there's a, there's an actual rape in this movie, which you oh. don't see very often in uh, movies, do you? I mean, mm. unless you're watching movies from the 70s. It's a really difficult subject to tackle, and it's quite realistic in this movie, the way it's portrayed. Very unsettling. Yeah. Um, so, And I've not seen that for a while in movies, really. So I, I appreciate that this movie would tackle everything really, like... It all feels real to me. Like I said to you, you know, when they're just driving around in their vehicles in this movie, they're in Wyoming, right? Is that? Yeah. And it's just like, you know, snow everywhere. <laughs> like it's real deep snow. But they're just driving around in these four wheel drive vehicles, the police. Uh, and the way it's filmed, it just feels real. I think it's a bit like Hell or High Water, where you're just with those cops. Y- you know? Yeah. It's not like cops. But it feels like you're actually with the cops. It doesn't feel like, oh, it's a movie all glamorized and everything's, you know, cool. It's just not that. It's There's just some people doing a job and you're watching them do it. Like, nobody's trying to be cool. So I appreciate that. That's one of his things, I think, that he brings to it. Um, So what do you think? What did you think of that? Was, was this any surprises for you or did it? I felt like I was... It was, it did, I won't say what they are or what it, you know, what I was expecting versus what it turned out to be along the way. It's just little bits and pieces where I was like, oh, oh God, you know, une- is that surprise? Unexpected is yeah. a surprise, yeah. It's, um... <laughs> but more like just the, 
well, like you said, well-crafted way that it comes to tell you about the characters and what really happened or, you know, the choices they all make when you're kind of on a track most of the time in movies. So I was... Yeah, it's um, actually what I appreciate about it is it's almost like old-fashioned movies, like movie telling, like like a movie from the 70s. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, there's There's little flashbacks to fill in people's stories. And the actual main crime... The way it is shown to you, a very specific moment, it kind of messes with your head. Yeah, exactly. It really does. And there's 70s movies that do that too. It's, it's just got this very basic kind of feel to it. But then towards the end, uh, it really picks up, right? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's very drama driven at the beginning, but then at the end, it turns into like a, Action. There's a bunch of action. I mean, that actual standoff. So the kind of action that you're that people might be inferring from what you're saying. It's just very tense action. Tension and like events occur. Like oh god, it's not like people jumping out of airplanes or anything. So no, not everyone's idea of action might be a little different. But it's not like it's not the remake of Point Break. Action <laughs> that was That's the, a really bizarre comparison. That was the most action-packed movie I've ever seen, even though it was terrible. It was like mm. it was literally just an action sequence the entire movie. Yeah, it was really lame, and that made it boring. That made <laughs> it, it super boring. It's really weird because it's like the most action you've ever seen, yet it's boring. Yeah, yeah, it's really weird. Anyway, we that that's one of the worst movies ever. This is a really, really good movie. <laughs> good that so, you brought that up. It's yeah. one of the worst movies ever in comparison to this one. Yeah, sure. so I appreciate... I also like movies that take place in the snow, like one of my recommendations for this week. There's something really comforting about the snow. Do you agree? No, <laughs> I don't know about that. I um, like the... It makes you feel more claustrophobic and like you are more on your own, abandoned, which is precisely the idea. And yeah. it also tells you a lot about the people who live there without ever having to sell you any scenes about anybody. Because they are... I was actually thinking while watching it, humans are very pernicious little creatures. Because put we'll go anywhere... And we'll try to live there, even if it if it's so difficult that nature, the universe, the planet is saying this is not where you should live because if you go outside for five minutes, you're gonna freeze to death, or you're gonna, you know, whatever the thing is, it's too hot. You can't stand in the middle of the desert and survive. You can't stand on this mountain in Wyoming and survive, you idiot. But we do it, and so I think there's a certain. And one of the themes in the movie, in reference to the young lady who's murdered, is that she's like a strong warrior, wants to survive, really tough, like gutsy. Yeah. And I think that, him saying that at one point, I was like, yep, and that is how I'm feeling about everybody who lives there, because our FBI agent, she's from Florida, (laughs) which means... And she also, she's based in Vegas, so she's from these warm climates, kind of cushy, and everybody kind of rolls their eyes at her at first because she's not dressed for the part, she's not prepared for the survival side of it. it, shows you the contrast. And a lot of the dialogue says, you know, we just are on our own, and yeah. we will dish up our own kind of everything as we need to, because that's it, we just survive or we don't. I like so the, I like then the cold makes you feel that way. I like one of the lines where she said uh, when she's asking for him to help her 
And she says, look, I don't do any of this. And he goes, this is all I do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is it. The, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like I am. The, and when you said, like, every time he gets off his skidoo, he's so prepared for everything, right? He he's got, like, <laughs> he's got a thing here. And he I'm like, shit, thing. this guy is prepared. Yeah, he knows that it's cold and uh, all these layers and all this equipment that he carries around. He's just uh, ready to deal with anything. And on one level, it's like reminds you that, is it? People will think it's bleak, and it is, but that the worst horrible things, not just that humans do to each other, but that nature has to offer, it hardens you in a way. But then we are human. We're built in with these emotions and heart. We can't cope with things very well, and we don't, you know, our connection to people is so strong that if they do die or something bad happens, we're just broken, even though we can survive in the harshest of you know, elements, and I think he, this character, when you get around to the Jeremy Renner guy, that, and the, the family of the girl, show both in, you know, a very broken kind of family, and, I don't know, it just made me feel like, I liked- sad to be a person, but really, like, ugh, yeah, you know, it can survive anything. I liked how it, um, the Jeremy Renner character... Um, Corey, I liked how it filled in his backstory kind of slowly and only not from like flashbacks, just from things that are said between him. Absolutely, I love that. It was delicate. And then you're like, oh, I get this guy. Like at first, you're like, this guy's got this something in his past or whatever, but it slowly comes out. Like, and it's really like it's good writing the way yeah, it's done. It's not it's, forced. No, it's just like, oh, okay. And you got a little piece of it, and then more of it, and then you understand why. His motivation would be so high to uh, get this murder sorted. (laughs) Because he really is the only thing on his mind once it gets down to it. And it's also a bit of a revenge tale. You know? Yeah, yeah. Especially towards But that also sneaks up on you. It's not overt. It's just... And then you question, like, how structured are we with our rules and our laws and... Does the logic of survival as a creature in this wilderness, even though you live in a building and in a city, it's still all the wilderness. The planet's just a wild freaking ball floating through space, right? So it's all wilderness. So to survive and to dish out what needs to be dished out when another human does something horrible, have we wrapped that up too nicely, you know, yeah. over the millennia that we've been around? Or should we go to that basic instinct? That we have to, like, look. You, you did something. Horrible human. You yeah. shouldn't exist. We're done. You're done. And I'm, I'm making the choice for everybody and for you. Like, you know, it, it kind of questions you. Some people will be vehemently opposed to that. Other people will be like, yeah, of course, you know. Do what you got to do. Yeah. So, um, I think we've said, for the, without, we haven't really spoiled the movie at all, but uh-uh. we'll just give you some in-between-the-line stuff. But I, I wouldn't want this movie spoiled because... When stuff starts to happen, like I said to you, the standoff situation, I had no idea what was going to happen there. No. And what no, actually, not at all. And what actually happened was surprising to me. It, was, it wasn't the, uh, I wasn't like, oh, this is a real tidy kind of thing. No, it's not that. It's Things happen <laughs> and it gets really dark. So uh, moving on to the cast here, Gen- Jeremy Renner plays our main character. Awesome. Corey Lambert. And like I say, like we said, he's a fishing game guy. Goes around on his snowmobile. He, you know, gets rid of mountain lions. Is his main 
the main thing because they they're the ones that. Well, it's not the main thing. It's just at this moment they figured out they've got some mountain lions in the area, and, and these, but next week it'll be something completely different. So he, um, you know, that's his job, and I don't even think about that. But there is somebody doing that. Absolutely, somebody protecting us and protecting wild other wildlife from, you know, bears and lions and. So yeah, he's that guy, and he does that job. And I don't think I've ever seen a movie about a guy who does that job. No, I don't think so. <laughs> so I was like, "Wow, this is interesting." Uh, so he starts doing this job, and then you know, there's this murder, and <clears throat> it's a really deep, layered character, I think. And again, similar to Hell or High Water, you know, the James T. Kirk guy from that one. He was a similar kind of character. He's like conflicted. Mm-hmm. Is he a bad guy? Is he a good guy? What? I mean, we don't. I don't ever think Jeremy Renner's a bad guy. Don't get me wrong, but is he? But that's the thing, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> your interpretation of his actions. You're right. Can go either way, absolutely. And Hello, I Walter have that gray area of like, do I like this guy or is he a complete dick? Like, I don't. Yeah. And, and is the sheriff in Hello, I Walter? Is he all right or is he also like? <laughs> You know, grey area. So there's a lot of that in this guy's writing. And Jeremy Renner is... I think he's really a good actor. He can do stuff like the barn thing where there's not much... It's not an acting thing. And then he can do something like this where... (laughs) It's very dismissive. I'm sure if you had a conversation with him, he would disagree. (laughs) Right. Or like Hawkeye, you know, in the the Avengers. It's, It's not great acting. It's fine. But this is something to get your teeth into, and he really does. Like he, I just buy him, start to finish, like that he's this guy. Elizabeth Olsen plays the FBI, Jane Banner. She comes in to solve this case. Well, even she says, I'm not, I don't think no, I can solve it. No, she's just there to tell the FBI what they need to know so they can send in. She's the grunt, basically. Yeah. And she's not, she comes in, and like you say, she's, it's really subtle as well. I like it. It's not like she's this stupid, like, oh, the person they've sent who's got no brain about her and she's just come to... She's she's not used to this situation, but she quickly gets used to it, right? doesn't take her long <laughs> to get used to this. She, In fact, once they give her the snow clothes and then the second time, she's pretty on board with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um. But, yeah, she's not used to this. She's not used to, like, driving around on a skidoo. She's not used to, you know, snow. And she's not used to the kind of people that she is dealing with. Yeah. Because there is some shitty people in this movie. She doesn't seem surprised, though. I mean, she has been trained as an FBI agent, so you have to remember, like, Clarice, you know. By the time she's dealing with Hannibal Lecter, she's already trained, and she's an FBI agent, and... It's not like she's naive. I, d- I had um, quite a few thoughts of Silence of the Lambs while I was watching it. Not because this is like it, but Elizabeth Olsen was reminding me of Clarice quite a bit, like when she was new. And not naive, but a little bit green. Like, like Sure. Like, I, you know, there's, there are certain things she does in this movie. She stands in a couple of places times where you were like maybe you shouldn't do that but she's never been in that situation so you know but uh, I really like Elizabeth Olsen Marcy May Marlene always stands out is that the one yes 
Um, she's, I think she's excellent, and in this, she really, sh- you know, could get an award. You never know. Julia Jones plays Wilma. What did you think of Wilma? Wilma? Yeah. Was that his ex-wife? No. It's the the body, the dead person. Oh, she was good. Yeah. And it uh, wasn't Wilma. I, it was thought, Natalie. Oh, well, I put the wrong down, one down. <laughs> that must be his wife, then. So what do yeah. you think of her? Julia Jones was the wife. Yeah. Wilma is correct. No. That's, that's what we're talking about, Julia Jones, because I remember looking at her name. She was fine. Um, she seemed really sad, but as you watch the movie, you know why. And she's kind of over him. They're divorced. And you can't really rattle her anymore. So I think she did yeah. a good job of de- portraying this sort of like, I'm not going to get roped into anything. So we're just... And to be honest, she's not in it that much. No. Yet when the the extras kind of covered her a bit more than I was like, wow, why are they talking about I think personal? she just had other scenes because they interviewed her outside and she had on completely different clothes. That's what I was thinking. That we never saw, so... Yeah. Um, but the, uh, the dead body lady <laughs> is Kelsey Asbel. She plays Natalie. Right. Now, she had a tough scene to do. She because did. Because that was the rape scene that I was talking about. Because you actually get to see the crime in this movie, later on in the movie. Correct. And it was hardcore. Harsh, I thought. And... Uh, yeah. And it's the one scene uh, that she actually does the scene with uh, John Bernthal, who's um, the Punisher. And he's in this movie as well, just for a very brief period. And... I thought he was exceptional too because I, I don't felt know if he was exceptional, but I believed what they were. I believed who he was, yeah, and what he would do in that situation. I think you're throwing around big words, but exceptional is a bit extreme. I thought he was a good casting though, though, for <laughs> that part because he is a guy who can handle himself, you know, physically, absolutely, and he's the situation he gets put into in this place is very bad. Is a physical situation and. You know, it's it's realistic because it's not like he's just the Punisher. <laughs> it's he actually gets the shit kicked out of him, but also kicks some shit out of some others as well. I mean, it's a battle, isn't it? Basically, absolutely like a brawl. Um, so uh, you can pronounce this next guy's name. Apesanaquat is how I would say it. A P E S A N. A-H-K-W-A-T, which would be a Native American uh, tribal name, I'm assuming. Yeah. And I don't know exactly how to say it. And he plays Dan Crowhart, who is the father of the uh, deceased murdered. girl. The he's, murdered girl. Yeah, he's also... Um, have you heard of a show called Ray Donovan? Mm, I don't think so. It's a show with um, that guy who you like. It's on Showtime. This guy is... <laughs> that one guy, there was only one guy that I liked. Yeah, he's that Liv, <laughs> Liv Schreiber. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, him. he's, a, he's right. the Ray Donovan guy. And this guy, who I can't pronounce his name, I'm sorry, um, is also in that. He's his partner or his... But um, I've never seen him before, but I think he was excellent. Oh, yeah, really good. Really sad, but really... I mean, he's... Really that good. part where he was... Not the part where he painted his face, but the part where she came for the first time. And yep, he, very difficult. Yeah, and he, he's just got something about him, that guy. It was like, oh, God. You know, a, fa- a father Got wrenching. Yeah, and the part where he's uh, painted his face as well, and he said, I just put on my death face. Like, I'm... Like a, I'm For just... someone who doesn't want to say many spoilers, you are giving a lot of spoilers, by the way. Is that a spoiler? <laughs> well... Because it, it, out of context, it doesn't... It, it doesn't... No, no, you're giving a lot of context just with that. I painted on my death face, and his daughter just died. I mean, come on. That's... 
Yeah, but that it, that's not what happens. <laughs> Is it? I'm just saying. You said I'm you saying, didn't want to give away any spoilers, but your description is It's in the very... trailer, that part. So I'm, I'm saying, what I'm saying is uh, that's not really Either spoiler, don't so. say that you're not going to give any spoilers or just say, fuck it. And what well, I did we say, say I earlier, to something. I already said spoilers, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Remember? But then you said, I don't want to give any spoilers. No, I don't want to give any major spoilers, and that is definitely not a major spoiler. Define major. Major spoilers would be me telling you about all that thing... See, I can't say it now. Uh, exactly. I can say it off microphone. I can mute myself. <laughs> I don't mean in the context of this movie. Major spoilers to me would be like anything that's really surprising. Like, or a major spoiler would be that Han Solo dies in The Force Awakens. <gasps> you just spoiled it for so many people. The movie's been out for two years. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Yep. Everybody who's seen Star Wars has seen it by now. Um, that kind of thing. Big. Yeah. Whatever you say, honey. And this was not a big thing. Graham Greene plays Ben. He's the cop who was also awesome. He was good. Um, Convincingly tired of being the police force of the reservation with no outside support. And so he just sort of does the best that he can. Like like in Hello Highwater, again, the Native American cop who's the partner to the dude. It's got he he sees something in that kind of character, and that's what this guy's like. He's like that guy. He's got a mm-hmm. sense of humor about everything, but he's worn down like yeah. because no resources. He's just got because of the no resources and all that kind of thing in his job. He's just got to that point where he knows exactly what's going to happen with everything. Something happens, we do this. Everybody forgets about it. We move on. There's not much motivation in him, is there? It's like he's it, just kind of been grinded down by the machine. I really liked him. He's really good. Uh, directed by Taylor Sheridan. We mentioned him earlier. He actually wrote Hello, I Water. He wrote the movie Sicario as well, which um, I've heard is fantastic, but we've not seen it yet. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. It's up for Academy Awards a couple of years ago um, with Emily Blunt. But he wrote that one. Now, after seeing these two that he's wrote, I really want to see Sicario because, man... That he's a good writer, I, I would agree. say. And he's not like a... I mean, Hella Highwater is quite different to this movie, even though there are some, you know, similarities in the structure of it all. Spe- especially the endings. The endings seem similar-ish. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. Well, no, because they're very different, because they're very different. Going up on a high point and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, that wasn't the end of the other one, but... Yeah, it was... Mm-mm, not the very end. No, not the very end, but about the same end as this one was. It's about the same time in the movie. Mm. With the brother and the... Uh-huh, and I know what you're talking about. I've seen him. But, you know, there are some similarities between them. Um, well, the vibe is totally similar, for yeah, sure. The vibe of that, you know, real world, there are problems here, and these are this is what it is, you know. When it shows you, like, the American flag flying upside down in this movie... And then in the other movie, in the Hell of High Water, it did show you a lot of that. Uh, some racist stuff. Yeah. And, you know, at the side of the road and things in these these towns. I really like what he does, this guy. Um, I, I've, after I've seen him talk as well, I feel even better about him. Because he's like, he's really into it, it seems. Like, he researches everything. It's based on things around him. Um, 
there's some it's some of the best it's real tight writing it's real suspenseful and directing which he's actually this is his first film of his own that he's directed also very good right he must have done Hello High Water, wrote it, and then that guy directed it, and he was on the set all the time. He must have felt confident enough this time to do both. And he did a good job. He right? did, yeah. Extras on this Blu-ray, um, there are a couple. Some deleted scenes and a behind-the-scenes video gallery. The behind-the-scenes video gallery, uh, while it's fine, it's those little... Um, it's like the trailer, and then it's got some interviews within the trailer. They're not my favourite extras, and you can see what they're made for. They're made to slap on TV, so you not you know you're watching HBO, and in between the breaks you see that, and it makes you interested in the film. But they don't, I don't feel like they're extras because they're just made for another purpose. Yeah. They're ma- they're not made as an extra. They're made as a promotional tool for something else. So unfortunately, there's no um, commentary, which is what I'd like on this movie, but none. So uh, conclusion. Uh, one of my favourite movies of this year. I highly recommend it. Um, and I bet we see it crop up around award season next year. I agree. And your... Uh, I agree. Your conclusion with is your you agree. I agree with your assessment. All right, so thanks to Lionsgate for the Blu-ray. Um, and thanks to Lionsgate for next week's Blu-ray, where we will be reviewing Valerian, which is Luc Besson's uh, big space opera type movie so we'll be having a look at that next week if you want to enter a contest go to aschoolie.com you can win a copy of Atomic Blonde you can also win a copy of Kidnap just go to aschoolie.com and uh, enter very easy question movie recommendations this week I am going with uh, like I do every week with the Wind River if you other movies that I like that are similar number one is Prisoners which is a movie from a couple of years ago with Hugh Jackman and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. And it has this kind of vibe. It's a killer kind of movie, but it's got that realistic, like, it's not like a movie movie version of a killer movie. And question again, how we package up our punishment and... Yeah, it's got an element of revenge. Yeah. And my other one is Fargo, because obviously any movie that is set in the snow reminds me of Fargo. Any movie where you find a body in the snow reminds me of Fargo. And Fargo is an awesome, awesome movie. Also recommend Fargo, the television show, which I actually like better than the movie, which is never really happens for me. The movie's usually the thing. But I think that that TV show is equal to, if not better, than the show, than the movie. So yours are? My recommendations are Prisoners. Because <laughs> I thought of it as well, the one you just mentioned with Jake Jake Hall, because this gutsy sort of, I can't cope with what's happening in the with the rules that apply. I have to do something else because what's happened is so horrible. It, it can't be right that this is how we deal with it kind of vibe. So I like that, and then I'm just going to go straight for Hell or High Water. And while I don't normally recommend things that go with the movie we're watching, that's what I'm going to say this time. Because I wouldn't do it as a marathon. 
Oh, I actually would. I was just thinking that. Imagine, though, Prisoners, Hell or High Water, and this one all yeah. in a row. I was just thinking Hell or High Water and Wind River back-to-back. Back. It's actually awesome. One's like a hot, deserty type one, and one's like this cold one. Yeah, but one, you'd be but drained emotionally. You would be oh drained. I like that. I like getting drained emotionally. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that'd be a hard nine hours or whatever, eight and a half hours. No, it's only two. Well, no, you mean all, all three. three of them, yeah, yeah. Yeah, true, true, true. Oh, yeah, because also Prisoners is really long. It's like nearly three hours, if I remember. <laughs> yep. So, um, yeah. yeah, and Prisoners is an ex- excellent movie. Uh, Games and A. Scully stuff this week. I have been playing Star Wars Battlefront 2. I'm not going to talk about all the controversy with loot boxes and stuff this week, because that's all been fixed, I guess. Um, let me just say about the, sh- the game itself. I've played uh, probably... About halfway through the campaign. And the campaign is a canon in the Star Wars universe now. It's actually part of the... It fits with the main movies and Star Wars Rebels and Star Wars The Clone Wars cartoon. They're the only things that are canon now, according to Lucasfilm and Disney. And this game is actually part of that. And this game is about uh, the Inferno Squadron, which are... A bunch of elite stormtroopers that are put together at the end of Return of the Jedi to deal with the rebel threat. Which, if you've seen Return of the Jedi, uh, the the uh, rebels pretty much do a number on the Empire. And at that point, the Empire want to get revenge. So this takes place in between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens in that big space. And it actually goes through the, apparently, because there's some more levels coming, goes through right up to the beginning of the formation of the New Order, which would be the Kylo Ren version of the Empire. So it really does tell the story in between there. You follow um, this female stormtrooper. She's called uh, Ivan Versio. And she is the leader of the squadron, and her father is one of the main, like, uh, he's not the successor to the Emperor, but he's in charge for a while, and he's a bit of a dick. (laughs) And uh, his daughter is not quite as much of a dick, so uh, she gets put in a really weird situation. But um, it's a, you know, typical shooter gameplay, but it's got that style, you know, it's it's full-on Star Wars. You're on, sometimes you're on Hoth, sometimes you're on, you know, all of those places are in the game. In fact, one of the uh, levels I just played, it takes a detour from her story, and you play as Luke Skywalker for a whole level, which is really cool. It's like this side... It actually matters to the plot, but you see what Luke Skywalker is doing in between those periods. So, uh, it's really cool. Um, that's Star Wars Battlefront 2. Obviously, the multiplayer is the main draw to it, and it's a you know, squad-based shooter multiplayer. It looks really impressive, like you're watching a Star Wars movie, but you're playing it. So, uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. It's really cool. Um, all the controversy has kind of blown over because EA kind of backpedaled on some of it. So um, I wouldn't worry about all that and just play it. Second game I've been playing this week is Guardians of the Galaxy, the Telltale series. You can comment a little bit on that because we've been playing. Yeah. We've played two episodes so far. Um, and it's, I like it. Yeah, it's, it's, you know what Telltale games are. They're all kind of the same, right? Um, no, they're a little different. I mean, the the way they were played 
Yeah, where you make a choice and Decisions, then they've yeah. said that you're gonna you get multiple outcomes. I don't know what the how many multiple is, but um, yeah, you're faced with dilemmas. It does. It's not just like a straight line. No, it's a choose your own adventure. Remember those books from back in the seventies <laughs> where you like read page one and then it says, "Do you want to go left or do you want to go right?" And if you go left, you go to page seven. If you go right, you go to page three. Like it's like though like that. It's a branching story. And um, you make decisions along the way, and those decisions could haunt you later, or, you know, like in this in this game, for instance, where there's, like, Gamora and there's Rocket Raccoon, as you've seen Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy, and, like, certain actions that you have against them, like, makes... You can feel, can't you, how one feels about you because of what we've done, like... Like, Gamora, our Gamora isn't that impressed with us because we do, like, tell her we're not doing what she wants most of the time. yeah. And we side with Rocket quite a bit, and she doesn't like that. So, yeah, it does alter the way people feel to you. I don't know how much of the big story gets altered, but the big story is quite interesting, I think. It's as interesting as the movies are. Yeah, I agree. And you also, because it's a game and it lasts longer, you get to fill in the backstory. Like, we had a really cool, like, Rocket Raccoon's backstory that we saw, where he's in the laboratory. Really sad. Is... (laughs) is more than we've ever really learned about him in the movies. You know? The movies didn't really cover that. I mean, they covered it by... He took his coat off one time, and and you could see his, like, wounds. Yeah. And he looked really sad. But this actually really... if You're probably really going to be sad if you see the animal cruelty part of this movie. Game. So that's Guardians of the Galaxy Telltale. It's actually on sale. um, Like, it's like half price at the moment. Uh, that's why I picked it up. Um, where was it that I got it from? I think it was uh, Green Man Gaming. But I mean, it's literally half price, so it's worth it. It's got Oh, one of the best things about this, I think, is it has the music. Not the music from the movies. It, some of the tracks are from the movies, but it has that soundtrack, the mixtape th- thing that Guardians of the Galaxies does. And every so often, a cool tune kicks in and they're, when they're doing the action scenes. I think that's a really nice touch. It does, yeah. Makes it feel like Guardians of the Galaxy more. Um, and finally, on my Games and A School stuff this week, I just bought our Last Jedi tickets. We're going to go and see <laughs> it on December the 21st. Um, yeah, I could, we could have gone on the second day that it was out, but it's going to be awful, isn't it? It's going to be... So many people just yes. making noises. There's going to be people. Yeah, so uh, we thought we'd go a week later and uh, obviously cannot not see a Star Wars movie. That's not an option. No. So what's for dinner tonight? Tonight I think I'm just going to boil up some potatoes and we have veggie burgers. Yum. Or I'll drive over to Jimmy John's. I like this potatoes and veggie burger <laughs> idea. Very well. And maybe a pot noodle later. Because you bought some pot noodle, which is very exciting. Yeah, pot noodles are like a student food. <laughs> uh, if you're British and you think of pot noodles when you're when you're a student, um, you know, when I was like a teenager, sometimes a meal would be a pot noodle and like half a loaf of bread. A pot noodle is basically a ramen noodle in a cup. Yeah, but it tastes different. Like we have ramen noodles in a packet and you put the hot boiled water on it and you let the noodles soften It has up. more of a richer sauce than like a Raymond noodle. And also what you found was they're all vegetarian. Yeah, they're all vegetarian. And we opened the box and I knew what we'd ordered. 
and uh, we got 12 chicken and mushroom pot noodles and you said oh no the chicken yeah and i was like no i went on their website and it says every single one so even their barbecue steak pot noodle is actually vegan i think they must keep that a secret on purpose well it, it's, well, it's there, not a right, secret but i mean yeah they don't really say that out much no so the, that's a point if you buy the pot noodle brand all of them aside well all of them are vegan but the chicken and mushroom one is they're vegetarian. Not all, they're not all vegan. Yeah, then. well, I was just so I didn't have to go through them all. They're all vegan, apart from chicken and mushroom, which is vegetarian because it has eggs and what? Dairy. Milk. Milk powder. Um, and what the difference is between them and Raymond noodles is the sauce is a lot more flavorful. They make like a rich, thicker sauce, and it makes it taste really good. Um if you've never tried these, they're a British thing, and you can now buy them on Amazon. It does take a while for them to be delivered, because they mail them from the from the UK, actually. But for 12 of them, it was $18, which I don't think is that bad. You probably wouldn't get... How much are your uh, Raymonds? 25 cents. Oh, are they that cheap? <laughs> yeah. Right, okay. And so it's you... the same amount that you get yeah. in your... Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. So Maybe 30 cents now? I don't know. I haven't bought them for a while because they are not vegetarian or vegan. Oh, are they not? No. They probably make some that are, right? Uh, not that I've found. They are all, they've all got chicken broth. Oh, right. Yeah, well, pot noodles, uh, they're all, if you, I'm, I bet you there's a lot of people who didn't even know that pot noodles, because when you buy a beef pot noodle, why are you thinking that is vegan? <laughs> it says beef on the yeah, front Yeah, and they probably, I was like, they don't. Yeah. make a big deal about it because a lot of people be like well it's not real beef i'm not gonna i think that's it. what i think that must be it because yeah because when you go in the shop and it says beef and tomato pot noodle and that's actually a vegan product but it says the word beef on it then you'd be annoyed that it doesn't have a real beef yeah in it. You, you would and it's just soy meat we've just destroyed their company we have no i don't think so i, I was looking at their website earlier today they sell a lot of those things i mean well, it's yeah. so popular um, so yeah, when I was like a teenager, when I did my paper round and all that, I'd come home and like, there'd be nobody there, you know, like fo foster parents would be out or whatever. Sometimes my dinner would be a pot noodle and I'd, I would butter half a loaf of bread. And I, I was thinking earlier, if I ate half a loaf of bread and a pot noodle now, I'd probably be about 300 pounds in like a year. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> You mean a whole loaf of bread, maybe. But. I used to eat half a loaf of bread, though, for, like, a snack, like when I was a kid. But there again, you're on your bike all the time. Correct. Doing your paper rounds. So, um, what is your advice? My advice isn't really advice. It's more of a question. I was thinking that um, just from different things. That in life, I know many families who have sets of siblings who are either not speaking or, you know, will never attend a family thing with the other one there. Um, I don't have a brother. I don't have a sister. Whatever, you know, whatever it is. And people will say, well, mend your fences, you know, because you're all going to be dead someday. You might as well mend your fences. But isn't a fence meant to keep people apart? So if you mend the fence, doesn't that just put one more thing in? But I don't understand the mend the actually, fence. Actually, yeah. If you mend the fence, then you're actually making the fence. Right. If you break down the fence, then you can meet each other. Between. Break the fence would be the correct. Exactly. 
Because that was my thinking Knocked today. Knocked down the fence. In families, you're, every family has it. And if anybody pretends they don't, they're full of shit. Because every family has either that one faction, that one branch, that one person even, who is the one who has done, said something, done something, lived a certain way that everybody else just, that, you know, can't cope with or, you know, it could be horrible and bad. I'm not talking about if somebody's actually a horrible human being, that's different than somebody who doesn't agree with you polit- politically or just chooses to live their life for who they are and you don't like that. That's different than someone who's destructive and terrible and a thief or violent, dangerous, threatening. That's different. There's a line between. But when it's ideas that you disagree on or someone's behavior on the lower levels of being annoying or baddish. And then you say, well, mend that fence. All right, well, how big is this fence? <laughs> is it tall enough so I never have to talk to them again? Okay, I'll mend that. You know, like, so the mending the fence is, I didn't look it up because I thought, that doesn't even make sense. Now, burning bridges makes sense. You don't want to burn a bridge between you and somebody else because the bur- the building then that bridge back up. Then you can't ever get to each other. Exactly. And building it back up is difficult. So right. shouldn't you say, tear down that fence? I, th- I think when people fence. made these um, sayings back in the day, they didn't <laughs> think about it before they made them. <laughs> Maybe not. So my, I don't have advice. It's just think about that. Mend your fences. All right. I want to <laughs> remind you about our website, sayschoolie.com and sidtalk.com. I noticed that there is no sidtalk.com anymore. What? It's just a, a parking page for GoDaddy. Is it? Yeah. Oh, dear. I went there the other day to try and look at some of your photos, and it's just not there anymore. Well, that's weird. They've just parked it, so I guess you have to pay, <laughs> and then they'll put it back. Oh. Yeah. Oh, you see, the. I think it's probably your domain that ran out, not the actual... Well, I'm still getting it on my email. Well, try it. Try and go I'm to going there. It's just blank. No, uh, when it does load, it, it's, it's GoDaddy okay. parking. Okay, well, I better go to GoDaddy then. Yeah. So anyway, while SidTalk fixes SidTalk.com, <laughs> yeah. um, at the moment, it's not there. Well, that's good to know. I meant to tell you and then forgot. Thanks. So uh, if you can catch us on Twitter and Facebook, you can catch us on the uh, this podcast on the Google Play Music Store, the iTunes Store, or you can go to the RSS feed. Go to ascully.com. Click on the word podcast and you can listen to the it from there. You can also, if you've got an Amazon, I won't say it, Echo, you well, can. Well, somebody uses that word as well, remember? True. You can use that word or the A word. If you've got one of those Amazon things that you're talking to, you can actually say. No, I'm just looking at GoDaddy. SidTalk.com is on auto renew. You can say. Just so you know. The A word. And then you can say, listen to After the Show Movie Podcast on TuneIn. And it will play the latest version of this podcast. You can also email me at aschoolyatasechoolie.com. Don't email SidTalk because she didn't have any email probably because it's GoDaddy have got rid of it. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, it's right there. I mean, everything's fine. There's nothing to pay for. There's nothing to do. It says that I just couldn't get it. Maybe it was just down then or something. No, it's not loading. Hmm. Okay. I just got the parking page when I tried. I'm on it. And uh, I want to say stay classy, Mr. Taylor Sheridan. Because, um, you know, I want to see his next movie now. There's been two amazing movies here. Yeah. 
So uh, yeah, maybe was, lighten up a little tiny bit, or or go a different direction with the melancholy because it's a good vibe. It's just maybe relent. No, don't it's lighten. Relent. Do, do you think <laughs> it's good? I like it. Do you think? Do it. And you are. And I'm going to say, think for yourself, or someone will do it for you.